0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: New York Giants general manager Joe Shane had a lot to say on Tuesday about the. Uh the Giants, about Saquon Barkley, about Xavier McKinney, about Daniel Jones, about Brian Dable. So let's talk about all of that today on the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Shane did his annual NFL Scouting Combine press conference on Tuesday morning. Lots of, of takeaways here the first thing the biggest news for me really was Shane talking about Saquon Barkley uh said that uh that he really does want Saquon Barkley to be part of the Giants in 2024 seemed to indicate uh that that he would talk to Barkley's representatives later on this week he seemed much more open to to Barkley to getting a a, a multi year contract from the Giants, perhaps than than he did a year ago. Or at least, I don't know if "open" is the right word. More optimistic about Barkley signing a long term contract with the Giants than, than he did a year ago. Shane said that that his his value for Barkley really hadn't changed from last year when when the giants and barkley's representatives fell a million or 2 million short of of a multi-year deal he seemed to feel like perhaps barkley with new representation might be more open more willing to uh, to sign a long-term deal this time around with the giants said uh, said that he really does think that uh, He said, he thinks the world of Saquon said, I, I still think he can play. So interesting. He also, despite reports that, uh, that he wouldn't tag Barkley again, he did sort of leave the door open for using the franchise tag. Again, he said that the tag with Barkley is $12.1 million, the, uh, with the increase in the salary cap, something that surprised him, the increase to 255.4 million dollars for 2024, Shane said the the first time franchise tag for a running back is 11.9 million dollars, and he said that that really that number really put for him put the franchise tag back in play, and, and although he really doesn't want to use it ideally he said he would you know he would get a, a a deal done with Saquon and my take on that wasn't necessarily that he would tag Saquon again my take on that was really that he might be open to a deal maybe a 2-year deal maybe around 24 million dollars you know something that that would equal or slightly surpass that that 12 million or 11.9 million dollar salary cap figure my gut instinct would be that, that Shane thinks that 2 and 24 with a negotiable amount of of guaranteed money 2 and 24 might be something that would get that deal done um uh, I don't know how Barkley would, you know, would take that, but I think that Shane is hoping that with new representation this year represented by Ed Berry of of CAA instead of Kim Mayali of Rock Nation, I think he's hopeful that Barkley is more amenable to signing a contract somewhere in uh, somewhere in that range. Also interestingly, he said that that He would sign Barkley according to the running back market value. The one thing he didn't address would be the idea of what would happen if Barkley didn't sign a deal, you know, sometime between now and and the beginning of free agency. What would happen if Barkley went to the free agent market, found a deal? You know, say a two-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal, which might be more than than the Giants would ideally pay for Barkley. Didn't really address the idea of of whether he would consider matching something like that, or whether he would be comfortable with Saquon sort of shopping his services and then coming back to the Giants and saying, "This is my best offer. Are you guys willing to?" Uh, to, to match this. That's something that's been talked about a lot in, in, uh, social media circles lately in giants, uh, in, in giants media circles lately. So we'll, we'll see if that comes to pass. I don't believe, as I said, that, that, that Shane wants to franchise tag Barkley or that he will, he, he just sort of opened the door for it, you know, as, as a possibility, uh, and I, to me, it's an indication that he is serious about Barkley re- returning to the Giants in 2024. I tried to ask Joe about the idea that that it would be important, you know, for for him to consider with Barkley what the uh, what the reaction in the locker room would be if he's not able to keep Saquon you know, for the upcoming season. And Joe really sort of deflected on that. He said, yes, you know, he said Barkley is important uh to, to the locker room. He fits the locker room culture. He fits what they want, you know, a Giants player to be and to represent and all of that. But he didn't really address the idea that remaining players in the locker room, you know, might be unhappy um if if Saquon wasn't part of the team in twenty twenty-four. So you know, interesting. A lot of uh, sort of intrigue. I came away from his discussion about Saquon Barkley you, thinking that 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 Shane thinks that a deal can get done somewhere around around that two and twenty four number. Uh, Patricia Waterman, by the way, mentions that she thinks it would behoove Barkley to sign back with the Giants. And, and I tend to agree. I think Saquon wants that legacy of, of being a Giant. He's said many, many times that he wants to be a Giant for life. And you know Saquon can go ring chasing if he wants to go to Dallas, or he wants to go to Philly, or he wants to go wherever to a team that's that's in contention right now. He can go ring chasing if he wants, and I wouldn't really blame him. But I still think, legacy wise, he would like to do all of that in New York. So we'll we'll see what happens here. But the 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 basic takeaway for me is that I I came away thinking that Shane is is comfortable in his position on Saquon at this point and that I think he feels good about his opportunity to bring Saquon back to the Giants for the next couple of seasons. All right, let's talk a little bit about the other major topic of the day with the Giants and that of course is the uh, is the quarterback situation. Shane dropped a little bit of news on Tuesday he said that Jones has been throwing from a stationary standing position for the last couple of weeks that he's not dropping back, he's not moving around but he is throwing from a standing position, has been doing so for the last couple of weeks, and uh, that he feels that that Jones is on track to not only be ready for the start of the 2024 regular season, but feels that he's on track to be ready for the start of training camp at the end of July, be- beginning of August as well, uh, which is, which is good news whether you're whether you're a Jones fan or not it's good news because it it gives the giants more options it's at quarterback it gives them you know whether Jones ends up being a placeholder for a young quarterback or whether he is the long-term solution at quarterback it gives the giants more options more flexibility at quarterback Joe did say that he still believes in Daniel Jones as the quarterback. he He was very emphatic that he still believes in Jones as the starter. He said, "I have faith in Daniel as our starting quarterback. and And, and the reality of it is, I don't know what else you could have expected Shane to say. The Giants would have to pay, you know, they would take a $69 million cap hit to move on from Jones if they tried to do that before the 2024 season started. Jones is going to be a Giant for the upcoming season because of that that cap figure, because of the contract that he signed with the Giants. So, you know, Shane has has no choice, really but to support Daniel Jones but to to publicly be in his corner you know Shane said on Tuesday that the ultimate goal for everybody is to win a Super Bowl he said it's not up to one position to to be a Super Bowl team he said you've got to build a good team you've got to have surrounding parts he said you've got to continue to build the team around the quarterback So that really is what what he intends to do at this point in time. Um, And as I said, I think really Shane has no choice but to say that. He has no choice but to hold that position at this point in time. What Shane didn't do is rule out the idea of drafting a quarterback in the upcoming NFL draft. Shane was asked, and I'll, I'll give a hat tip here to Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post. Shane was asked about the idea of moving up in the draft from number six to number three and not necessarily waiting until draft night to do it, but was asked about moving up sometime before the draft to get to number three. The idea that he would do that not knowing which of Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels and Drake May would be available with the uh, with the third overall pick in the draft which is currently owned by the New England Patriots who have been said to to perhaps be willing to move down from that pick although we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet and and Shane said that that would be a very difficult thing to do. He said they are really just in the process now of actually getting to know these quarterbacks and he said it would be very difficult to do that beforehand without knowing exactly which player that you're going up to have an opportunity to draft. He said most likely he said a move up for quarterback which he didn't commit to making but he said if you're going to make a move like that, you know, he said that that really you want to know which guy you're going up for. And really, he said that kind of a move is is one that you would likely make while you were on the clock on draft night at number six. And and as I said, he didn't commit to to moving up he didn't commit to taking a quarterback he said they would consider every position you know at at number 6 he said he felt like this was a good quarterback class he said he felt like there were starters in this class he said he felt like there were middle tier guys who could be backups he said he felt like there were there were some guys toward the tail end of the draft who could be number 3 quarterbacks and you know, I personally still believe that at some point in the draft, the Giants will select a quarterback. I've been an advocate of doing so for the simple reason that this is year six for Daniel Jones. You've got two neck injuries. You've got a torn ACL to deal with. You've got five years of evidence of what Daniel Jones is and what Daniel Jones isn't. And I'm okay with the idea of of drafting a quarterback, letting Jones be the starter at the beginning of 2024. If it goes well, great. It goes well. If it doesn't go well, at some point you move on from Jones and you move to the younger quarterback. But I've been an advocate of if you can get the guy that you really like – you know, don't take one just to take one. Don't take one to say, "Oh, we did it. We took a quarterback." If there's a guy that you really like, if it's Drake May, great. If it's if it's JJ McCarthy or Michael Penix or Spencer Rattler later in the draft, then you then you you do what you have to do to put yourself in position to dr- to draft that person. But if there's a guy that you really like, put yourself in position to. To have a successor in place for Jones, you know, entering the 2025 NFL season, you know, quarterback is is too important, you know, to simply keep pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off, you know. So w- we'll see what happens there. One thing that Shane did did say, and he was asked a few questions, you know, regarding pressure on on him and and Brian Dable in the 2024 season, you know, versus sticking with their process, building for the long-term. And he, you know, he said what they want to do is continue to build through the draft. They want to continue to build the roster, build the franchise to have sustained success they don't want to try to go for a quick fix they don't they want to use free agency to supplement you know Shane said he understands that that people want instant results they want instant gratification but he pointed out that when he was in buffalo with Brandon Bean that the bills didn't win a playoff game until their fourth season in buffalo the Giants, of course, have already done that in year one with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. So I wouldn't expect a massive, you know, free agency splurge. But in terms of quarterback, I didn't get the feeling that Shane is in a hurry to move up. I got the feeling that that while he might explore it, you know, there have been a lot of reports that the Giants have been, you know, kicking the tires on what it would take. I got the feeling that he's only going to make that move if he's on the clock in the quarterback that he and Brian Dable like most in this draft. And I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's Caleb Williams. I don't know if it's J.J. McCarthy. I don't know if it's Jaden Daniels or Drake May or whoever. But I got the feeling that he's only going to make that move up to number three or try to make that move up to number three. If the guy that that he and Brian Dable favor as, as a quarterback is there, I don't think he's going to force quarterback otherwise, but we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. But again, I, I simply came away feeling like Joe is not going to force that particular move. Something that... Uh, Something else to talk about to sort of uh, of go back to to free agency a little bit. i I don't want to give short shrift to Xavier McKinney, but we'll just quickly mention McKinney here. Um, I've felt all along that that McKinney was not going to return to the Giants if Wink Martindale had stayed on as defensive coordinator. And obviously we know that didn't happen. We know that Wink Martindale is gone. Shane Bowen is now the defensive coordinator. So I think that Xavier McKinney is is much more open to the idea of coming back to the Giants. But Xavier McKinney wants to be paid like a top safety. And and, and Joe didn't address, you know, how much he would be willing to pay McKinney, but he did say, "Look, he's a good player. He's 24 years old. He played every snap for us last year, and the Giants would like McKinney to come back in 2024." So said that he has not yet opened negotiations on a new contract with McKinney, despite some reports that perhaps he had. Um, said he will do that later on this week with uh, with McKinney's representation, and he is hopeful of keeping McKinney in 2024. So we will see what happens there. Um, another quick news item that uh, that that Shone mentioned or was that uh, he was asked about Evan Neal and a lot of lot of uh, of talk about what position Neil should play in his third year in the NFL. We know that Neil hasn't been good in his first two seasons, had an injury plagued 2024 concussion, ankle injuries that that plagued him. seemingly most of the season ended up costing him uh, a lot of games, ended up forcing him to injured reserve, forced him to uh, to have surgery. To, to repair that ankle, and, and Joe Shane said that he still has faith in Evan Neal as a right tackle, and a little bit like what he had to say about Daniel Jones, maybe that is Shane simply saying that he has faith in in Neal as a right tackle because, as we sit here today, he doesn't have another right tackle you know, to put over there, but. I have to take him at his word until we see otherwise, and I have to believe that the Giants are going to give Evan Neal an opportunity to, uh, to win that right tackle job. That said, I don't think they're going to hand it to him. Shane was very, very clear that the offensive line has to be better, that they have to upgrade the talent, that they have to do a better job filling out the roster, filling out the depth spots, to be prepared for injuries, so I would expect you know better competition at the right tackle spot. I would expect the Giants to uh, to have options if Neil fails, and as shown as Shane, I don't know why I keep saying shown, but it's Joe Shane. But I would expect, as Shane said, that the Giants will make a priority out of upgrading the talent on the offensive line. As as Joe said, the offensive line is basically half of the offense that you put on the field. It's an uphill battle. It's difficult to do anything on offense if that line doesn't play well together. And Joe talked a lot about the injuries that they had, about the lack of continuity, about the fact that there were guys on the practice squad at times forced to uh, forced to play in regular season games. And I think obviously the first thing is you, you need guys like like Andrew Thomas to be healthy. You need a guy like John Michael Schmitz to stay healthy, but the Giants need better options if and when you know guys get hurt so we'll see how he addresses that but i had i have faith that he's going to spend resources that he's going to to spend a lot of his time and energy trying to upgrade that offensive line really the last thing that i think i need to talk about or want to talk about is that shane addressed some of what went on this offseason or last last season and, and so far this offseason with brian dable the wink martindale stuff the mike Kafka stuff the the stuff about jumping on a headset uh last year for several games to to listen to to communication between dable and the coaching staff firstly he said that he admitted that he had done that he had jumped on the headset. He's the first time he did that was in Washington against the Commanders. Part of the reason that he did that, he said, was because it was something he had always wanted to do. Said it was something that that he had never done before, had always wanted to do. He said the sight lines in Washington were terrible. Said he really couldn't see what was going on very well, you know, from from his spot up in the up in the press box, up in the press area. Said he jumped on the headset. And, and you can believe this if you want to you and or you can you can think it's a bunch of baloney if that's what you want to think as well he said he did it you know for those reasons that he learned a lot from doing it about you know how in-game communication goes about when something went wrong you know he might have made an assumption you know just with his eyes about why something went wrong but You could hear from the communication the reasons why a certain player, a certain scheme, or a certain play call didn't work, you know, who which player messed it up or or why it got messed up. So he said he learned a lot from it. He said he actually continued to do it simply because the Giants won that game. Said he stopped doing it. He did it for two more games after that, and the Giants won both games. Those were all the Tommy DeVito games. He said when the Giants finally lost a game with him on this on the headset, he stopped doing it. said, I'm a superstitious guy, and since I was on the headset and we won a game, I was going to stay on the headset until we lost. Now, like I said, you might believe that, you might not, but he tried to downplay – you know the, the fact that he had spent time on the headset. He said he didn't hear anything on the headset that that was concerning to him in terms of of Brian Dable's in-game communication with other head with other assistant coaches, which is something that's been speculated about a lot throughout the off season. In terms of of Dable's volatility, in terms of his treatment of coaches, in terms of 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 the massive turnover that the giants have had on the coaching staff shane said that you know that the reality of it is coming off of of, off of a bad season he said that they all have things to learn he said they all have to grow he said they all have to get better he said it's the first time that that as a staff as a front office that they've really dealt with with adversity like that and he said that he would put dable in the category of, of 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 a person just like he would put himself in the category of a person who needs to reflect and needs to on on what he could do better and, and needs to try to improve you know going forward so you know we'll see i i you know i i tend to think that dable needs to uh you know, needs to consider whether whether some of those things that have been said are true, whether they're not true. Needs to consider whether he actually is being fair to his assistant coaches. Is he driving guys away at times? I don't know for sure, but, uh, but I do think there's going to be some pressure on Dable to uh, – to try to rein in his emotions a little bit during the 2024 season. In terms of uh of Mike Kafka, Shane basically denied the idea that's been that's been floated, you know, for for the the last few weeks that there's tension between Dayball and Kafka or that there was tension between Dayball and offensive coordinator Mike Kafka during the uh during the 2023 season said they 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 rejected the idea of allowing Kafka to uh, to interview for an offensive coordinator job with the Seattle Seahawks. A lateral move said they rejected that idea because they value Kafka. They wanted to keep him in New York. They think he can be an NFL head coach someday. Um, you know, Shane mentioned the fact that that Kafka's been a finalist for two jobs as head coach over the last 2 years. So we'll see what happens there. You know, Shane again in reference to to that relationship said he would leave the play calling on offense for 2024 up to Dable's discretion. Against it he would prefer that the head coach not call plays, but if that's something that Dable wants to do, he said that's his prerogative, that's his discretion. And, and he wouldn't stand in the way. All right, Giants fans. I think uh, I think that's probably enough for today. Appreciate uh, you guys, you know, hanging in here and, and joining the the live stream and, and giving us a listen. And always appreciate the support. Please check out all of our combine coverage this week at BigBlueView.com. I'm here in Indy through Friday. Chris Flum and, and Nick Filato, you know, have you guys covered in terms of, uh, of, you know, previewing the workouts, analyzing the workouts when they come up later this week, you know, all of those kinds of angles. I'll have, uh, I'll have some thoughts coming up. Uh, you know, I've got stories up right now on, on Evan Neal. I've got a story on Daniel Jones. I've got a story on, on Saquon Barkley posted on the website. I'll have some thoughts uh, on, Wednesday morning posted on, uh, on the Brian Dayball stuff, you know, that, that, that Shane talked about on Tuesday and we'll have prospect interviews and a whole lot more, you know, over the next few days. So, so please, you know, stay tuned and, and please, you know, keep checking back to the podcast as well. I'm going to give you as, as many podcasts as I possibly can between now and and the time I uh, I hop on an airplane on Friday afternoon. So thank you, as always, for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.